Well, welcome to church. We're going to dive right in. Open up your Bibles to Luke 19. Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Welcome to church. Palm Sunday. I need some water this morning. I'm feeling a little uh, raspy of voice. I apologize. Thank you, Tony. Um, Luke 19, verse 28. We just finished up our series, Unsearchable. If you have not listened to that, check it out. It's such a good, good sermon series on hearing the voice of God. This morning's message, you know, when I think about Easter weekend and Palm Sunday, I think, man, I've, begin, I've grown up in church, right? So this is just me speaking. I've been to, I think, a million Palm Sunday services <laughs> or Easter services. Lord, I need a deep, fresh, new revelation of your arrival, Jesus, on Palm Sunday. And I pray this morning that what has been given to me from heaven comes out the same way and it impacts you. And we all walk out of here with a deep revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are changed from the inside out. Who needs to be changed deeper from the inside out? My hand is up and I'm the pastor. So the rest of you just play along nice. You can all slip your hands up too because it's good. Let's read this morning. Luke 19 It's going to be up on the big screens and the little ones. Verse 28 i got to find my place, please, Lord. And when he had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus. When he drew near at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this. The Lord has a need of it. Pause. Jesus is amazing. (laughs) Jesus was the first ever to have someone else go steal something from him. I love it. I love it. No, just think about this for a second. Think about this. Jesus is sitting there and he sends two of his disciples. He's like, yo, (laughs) go to the town in front of you and bring me the colt that's tied up. Could you imagine the disciples? (laughs) Um, Jesus, that's stealing. That is against the commandment. He's like, I know, I know, but I'm Jesus. Like, just go do it. <laughs> you know, this is how I read scripture, right? But just, just imagine that picture, right? He's like, yo, because it's prophecy, and it's, it's part of what the scripture said would happen. But I just read this. This is how you should read scripture. It's awesome. It comes alive, right? Because I put myself there as an observer like, yo, Jesus just sent two of his disciples to go steal a colt. But we just think, like, Jesus was so nice, like, hey, just go get it for me. Can you just? No, he actually said, untie it. And if they ask, you just be like, Jesus needs it, and everything's going to be cool. <laughs> Ain't nobody coming to my house and untying my colt, and I'm cool with it. <laughs> this is scripture. This is beautiful. Jesus says, go. So those who were sent away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. And they, the disciples, brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus answers, I tell you, if these people were silent, the very stones 
would cry out. How many of you know that the stones even will cry out to Jesus when they see him? Creation cries out because they know who their creator is. Amen? So some of you all need to start crying out to Jesus because even the rocks are crying out. Sermon another time, but that is powerful. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. And when he drew near, he saw the city, and he wept over it. Jesus, these are your words. I pray today, God, that we have a deep revelation, a deeper understanding of your goodness, of your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth to do wonders, to do miracles, to do signs. But, God, you came for a purpose and a mission to save a sinner like me. So we thank you for that. We pray this morning, God, that this goes out the same way it's within me. Holy Spirit, anoint this time in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Palm Sunday, a different picture. Have any of you been in a situation where you're in the situation and you're seeing what's happening and you're going, this is not right? Anybody ever been in, my hands up, where you're going, "Uh uh-oh, something is not adding up. What I think should be happening is not happening. I've been in a few of those situations before in my life. One of them, though, is, um, is, is also, it's quite comical, um, as most of my stories are, I feel like, in my life. Um, but this was one where I was working with uh, an organization, and we had a, a team uh, getaway, per se. We were going to go plan our whole year out on the calendar, and we had it all squared away. There was 20 of us getting on a little bus, and we were driving up to beautiful Michigan, uh, and we were going to spend about four days there. And, and our, our person that was in charge said, hey, I have a, a beautiful home waiting for us. We were like, oh, dope. This is nice. We're not staying in a hotel. We're not doing that. This is like a, a, a beachfront property. And, and the pictures went up on the screen in our office, and it was like 14 bedrooms and bathrooms and a hot tub and a pool. And then there was the lake. And it was like, wow, we are going to be blessed. So blessed. And we get in the car the morning of, and we pack all of our stuff up there, and we're driving, and everyone's like high-fiving each other, like we're so excited to get out of the office. This is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be a good time. We stop at the grocery store. We pick up a bunch of frozen food. We pick up, you know, all the raw meat and all that stuff that we're going to grill out because it had a really nice big old grill in the back on the patio. Just, you know what I'm saying, you get in the picture in your head. It was super, super nice. We put it into our GPS, and we get to the block, and as we get on the block, my first initial reaction is like, this is a little different and odd. Most of these homes are really tiny, no offense to it whatsoever, but this is going to look really weird that we're just going to all of a sudden pull up to this mansion in the middle of all these little ones. I was like, something's not, something's not right. <laughs> sure enough, we pull up to where the GPS takes us, and in front of us is this beautiful Beautiful piece of land, and that's it. There ain't no house, there ain't even a garage, there isn't even a driveway. It is Greenfield's pasture. And I'm like, yo, so what? No, this is what the where's the picture? The we are and can you to the defense of the person they began to weep immediately and we said we said, this is the address. These are the pictures. This is right. And they're going, yeah, this is it. This is right. And we go, did you pay for this? And they go, yeah, we paid for it already. A lot of money. We go, there ain't no house. What are we going to do? 
Come to find out that house wasn't even there. That was a scam. Somebody over in Russia was like, making some money. Don't worry, my wife's Russian. It's awesome. It's great. We love it. There was nothing there. The picture that we saw wasn't there. The things that we wanted to experience, we weren't going to experience them. We sat for five hours on the side of the road just looking for hotels, trying to find hotels for 20 people. How fun is that? Eventually we found it, but there was a different picture when we arrived. See, we were expecting one thing. We were showing up ready to have a moment. It was the moment, though, where our expectations met our reality. And our reality was, there ain't no house there. Some of us, here, catch this too, because this is, this is, some of us need to align our expectations with heaven's realities. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Like, some of us need to start aligning our expectations with what heaven expects and what heaven wants for us. If you don't hear anything else, hear that. You can be aligned with what heaven wants for you. But there was something different there. We, we, we didn't know there was a field and not a home. This is, this is what I think about when I read this passage of Scripture, what I see in this passage of Scripture. I see that people wanted something that was a different picture than what Jesus came to do. Yeah, the people of that time, they, they wanted a completely different picture. They wanted something else. They wanted something great. And they see Jesus showing up to the scene. And to be frank, they saw Jesus. They, it says that they saw the miracles. They, they, they saw the wonders. They saw the greatness of Jesus, right? But it came to the point where their expectations and their picture and what they heard of the past, the, the, the scriptures, the prophecies foretold, what they heard, they wanted to see. But they had a distorted view. See, some of you walked in here this morning with some expectations. Some of you have walked in with previous expectations that have not been met. Some of you have walked in here with a marriage that didn't last, and it was an expectation that it would last, and how is God ever going to heal my heart from that? Some of you walked in here with an expectation that you were supposed to be at a certain place doing a certain thing, but now you're here, and you're not there, and God, my expectations is showing me a different picture of what you have. Some of us walk in life just living for the, the picture of what we think. Oh yeah, I oftentimes want my picture. I want my idea. I want my things to be played out. And I love Jesus because he is so good that even though I want what I want, he ain't going to give it to me. <laughs> Some of you are like, he gives it to you. That's what you wanted me to say. He's so good that when I have a picture and when I have an expectation of something that I want, he doesn't give it to me. He gives me something greater. That was a really good place to say amen. He gives me something better. It may not be what I want. It may not even be in the same ballpark as what I want. But what God has for me is a lot better than what I have for myself. Some of you walked in with an expectation of who you think Jesus is. What you've experienced over life, what, you, what you've known to be, oh, this thing called Christianity or faith, and it's been an expectation that is a different picture of what Scripture says Jesus is. Some of you are trying to mold Jesus to be somebody he's not. Some of you are asking the Holy Spirit to work in your life, and any, no way that the Holy Spirit's going to work that way in your life. 
some real quiet this morning. Happy Palm Sunday. Some of you have an expectation of how Jesus wants to move, but he doesn't want to move that way. He wants to flip the script. He wants to do something completely different. Jesus flips the script when he arrives to Jerusalem. He does something different than what the world wanted him to do. That's Jesus' character. Why am I telling you these things? Why am I sharing this with you? Why am I showing you this? Because if you can get it within your heart that Jesus doesn't want what the world wants. Jesus doesn't want to meet the expectations that you have. Jesus wants to give you the expectations and faith that he has for you. You start to know the character of Jesus more. We don't live with this idea of who we think Jesus is. We don't live with this, this, uh, this, this overwhelming desire of, man, I thought Jesus was this way, and you've been just doing it because this is what you've heard, but you've never aligned Jesus to be that way. Praise the Lord for that. This is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus acts like and how he operates and how he moves. And this morning, we need to get a different picture. Can we just agree? We need to get a different picture of who Jesus is. We need a biblical picture of who Jesus is. We need a Holy Spirit-inspired picture of who Jesus is. Guys, I'm, I'm going to be honest. My heart is broken over this city lately. Well, you're the pastor of this church. Your heart should always break for this city. You're right. But there's been seasons of this planting of this church that some days I'm just, we're just trying to get by. Right? We're just trying to make it. Right? And then there's seasons of this journey where I just, man, hey, my heart is broken. My heart is broken today for the city. You know why? Because this world is showing this world and this city a different picture. And I'm today going, I'm done. Spirit of God, I'm done letting people see the wrong picture of who Jesus is. Jesus, I don't need to defend you. Jesus doesn't need my defense. Can I, can I be real? He don't need me to defend him. <laughs> He's Jesus. He'll do whatever he wants. He'll have someone go steal a colt. Like, that's how savage he is. Like, that's who he is. He don't need me to defend him. But I want to defend him. I want to show this world. This is the longest water bottle it ever took me to open because it's Fiji water. Y'all judging me. Judge. Judge away. Judge away. It's, it's great. I believe more than ever the city of Chicago needs a clear expectation and picture of who Jesus is. I believe if we're going to do something, if we're going to be people that do something, we're going to have a clear expectations. I love this. There's a bunch of different people in the crowd. And someone said this one time. It said everyone who lined up who lined the streets had a different reason for waving those palms. Some were political activists. They heard Jesus had a supernatural power and they wanted him to use it to free Israel from Roman rule. Others had loved ones who were sick or dying. They waved the branches hoping for physical healing. Some were onlookers merely looking for something to do while others were genuine followers who wished Jesus would establish himself as an earthly king. Jesus was the only one in the parade who knew why he was going to Jerusalem. He had a mission. Jesus had a mission. While everyone else had an agenda. Jesus had a mission. We have agendas. I'm in that crowd having an agenda. God, I'm sick today. Heal me. 
God, God I, my bank account's a little low. Can you just, can you help me out? God, my, my relationship's broken today. Can you, can you help me a little bit? God, God the, the political system's messed up. Can you fix it? Can you do this, please? Because we believe in man more than we believe in God. Hello. Why? Can we just all, can we just stop believing in man and believe in God for once? Like, come on. Anyways. I'm in that crowd. And I'm one of those people that I have an agenda. I want to see God do something. And Jesus didn't come for an agenda. He came for a mission. He came for a mission that he said, I'm done. I'm done seeing my people destroyed. I'm done seeing sin win. I'm done seeing shame keep people from the abundance and the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm coming to earth on a mission, on a death mission for my people. He came on a mission. This is the picture of Jesus. He didn't come with an agenda. He didn't come with an outline of things. He didn't need his publicist, his, his person to send out flyers before he was coming. He didn't need that. He didn't need the social media team to put up a board of how they're going to get people to know who he was. He didn't need that. He came with a mission. And that mission was you. Each and every one of you in this right now at the sound of my voice, he came for you. He came for your families, he came for your friends, he came for your neighbors, he came for your coworkers. he came for me. This is Jesus. This is the beauty of Jesus, that he came for me in my sin, in my shame, in my brokenness, in my pain, in my guilt, in my mistakes. Jesus came on a mission, he got on a colt. And he rode into a city for me. <laughs> do you just, do you remember this? Does, does JP remember this all the time? No, but I wish we would get this picture so deep within our spirits that we would remember that Jesus came for you and for me. He didn't have an agenda. He didn't have a bunch of things laid out. What he had was you in mind. The whole way riding in, you know what I think, he think he's thinking about? You. <laughs> you should smile because that's awesome. I got a savior, a king that's riding to his death. Do you, want, do, you do you understand that? Like, he's going to a cross. He ain't going to have a party. He's going to a cross. And the entire time he's riding on a, on a donkey, he's riding on a donkey to a cross. And you know what he's dwelling upon? You know what he's thinking about? You. You. Me. That's the God I serve. That's the Jesus I believe in. That's the God that I know to be true, full of love, full of grace, full of mercy, full of power, but it's all about me and you. Woo! That's a really good place to say amen. Because we don't think Jesus is about us. Because our shame is screaming at us. Because our guilt is just overwhelming us. Because the sins that nobody knows about in your life is keeping you from the fact that Jesus came on a mission for you. Maybe you don't have any shame or guilt. Maybe you don't have any secret sin. Maybe you just have all the world, so you don't need Jesus. Even you, Jesus came for. He came on a mission. Jesus arrived for his final moments on earth in a different way than anyone thought. Jesus was accepted by all, and he accepted the people around him with supernatural love. And Jesus acted much different than anyone would. I want to give us three things that I see different today than over the years of my life of knowing Jesus from this story. You with me this morning? First thing is this. He arrived differently. Jesus arrived differently. Well, I know this, JP. I understand this. 
I, I know. Do you, do you don't, don't look to the person next to you if it's them. Do you have that friend that walks into the room, right, when the party's going on? Or the gathering, I shouldn't say party. Yeah, yeah, whatever. The gathering, you're with friends, you're with family. You have that one aunt or one uncle or one cousin or one friend that walks in and everybody knows they're in the room. Like they make it known that they're in the room. Don't act like you don't have those friends. I have a lot of them. That walk into the room and they make sure, hey, I'm here. (laughs) What's up? We good? You good? I'm good. Yo, how's work going? It's good. How's school going? It's good. Yo, bro, just chill. Like, just chill. <laughs> but we have those people in our lives, those coworkers that walk in on Monday morning at 8 a.m. high-fiving everybody. Yeah, we're here. It's going to be a week. <laughs> like, bro, it's Monday. <laughs> I just need Jesus this morning. But we all have those friends, right? We all have those people that arrive to places, and you know they're there. You know they're there. You're fully aware that they are there. (laughs) They have made it known that they are there. This is the exact opposite of how Jesus showed up. Completely opposite. What do you mean? There was palm branches waving. There There was a parade. Jesus didn't ask for that. I believe this. Jesus showed up different. Jesus didn't want the parade and the scene. He, he needed to come in on a, a cult, yes, because it was a, a fulfillment of prophecy. But what I think about Jesus, he didn't need all the bells and whistles. He didn't need all the bright lights. He didn't need people making his name famous. Nothing against saying that saying. I, I just don't like it. I don't need Jesus to make his name famous. He's already famous. Hello, that was a really good place to say amen. Jesus is already famous. He's the most famous person in the whole world, in my opinion. He didn't need the parade. He didn't need the the, the people lining the streets. He didn't need that. What he did was he said, hey, listen, I'm going to go to the city. I'm going to go to the city. And hey, hey, can you just go get that colt? I'm just going to ride in on a colt. I'm going to arrive to a city that I need to to do what I've been called to do. I need to fulfill the the mission that I've been called to fulfill. Hey, can you just get that colt? And I'm going to get on that colt and I'm just going to ride in. People knew that he was the man. People knew the miracles and the wonders that he did. People saw what he had done before. And so they created a parade. What I believe about Jesus, can I be honest, is he didn't need that. He didn't need it. Because he said, regardless of your parades, regardless if you accept me or not, I'm still coming. Oh. Regardless of your expectations, regardless of what you, I'm still coming. I'm still going to that cross regardless. I am coming a way that is different than any other ruler or king. You know what I love about Jesus? He came with humility. This is the picture of Jesus. Filled with humility. Well, what do you mean? He rode on a colt. See, most rulers in that time, most kings and princes and all those people that would be the famous people, they would have the best of the best horses. They would have stallions. They would have multiple horses riding in with them, letting them know, letting the town know, we're here. Almost like a fist, we're here. And Jesus gets up on a colt. (laughs) You know, Jesus was on a Kia. Like he was driving, no offense to anybody driving a Kia, when the rest of them were driving Range Rovers, he was on a Kia. He was like, I don't need the bells and the whistles and the lights. I'm just showing up like this. And he gets on a colt, and he goes to a city. See, people wanted, they wanted something different. 
It says that they wanted a ruler. They wanted someone to, to free them. They wanted a, a mighty ruler with a fist of fury and a sword at his side. And they wanted the, the king that they heard about for so many years to come. And Jesus says, I'm coming different. Because I'm going to do something different than the rest of your rulers and kings have ever done or will do. I'm coming to the cross. I, I, I'm thankful that Jesus operates in humility. I'm thankful that I have a picture of a God that, that doesn't need what others need. Are, are you? Like, I'm thankful that he came different. That he came filled with humility. He, 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 he could have come with so much more, but he came with humility. I think today we need the picture of Jesus to know this. He doesn't have his fist clenched. He doesn't have a sword at his side ready to just destroy people. No, he has his arms open wide. And he says, yo, I'm coming for you. Whatever you've done, I'll take it. Whatever you're going to do, I'll take it. Whatever sin you're living in, I'll take it. Whatever bad relationship you're in, I'll take it. Whatever lies you've been living in, I'll take it. I'm coming in for you. I'm arriving differently than most people. I'm not coming with this fist and with this pointed finger. Some of you come into this church or churches with your heads down because you believe that there's Jesus speaking condemnation over you. He ain't speaking condemnation over you. He's speaking conviction, which in return will take you to love. It comes different. It comes different. The second thing is this. We've got to get a different picture. Jesus was accepted different. There's two sides of this coin, right? There's two people here. There's Jesus and the group. Both accepted very differently. I remember as a young kid, I, I got a Christmas gift from my grandfather. And I remember all of us around the table, and I opened up this envelope, and it was this letter. And it said a company's name on the top, and I was like, this is my Christmas gift? And I'm too young and dumb to read it, right? So I don't read it, and I'm just like mad, right? Because I'm selfish. Don't judge me. You've been there. And I'm reading this, and I'm going, what? This is a Christmas gift? Like, yo, I'm 12. Where's my Nerf guns? Where's all this stuff? Like, I'm 12. Like, what? why am I getting a piece of paper? And I look over to my brother, who's older and wiser, and he's like, yo, this is dope. Like, this is awesome. This is cool. Gramps, thanks. And I'm like, why are you thanking this man? This is a piece of paper. Like, stop thanking him. Like, what are you, what are you doing? And little did I know, it was, it, was, it was a blessing, right? It was a piece of stock from a company that actually helped me pay for college. But in that moment, I was like, yo, this is a piece of paper. This is a paper. You want me to be grateful for a paper? I'm not accepting this. I actually left it on the table of that house. And I left. And my mom called, called me into her house the next, into the room the next day. She's like, did you leave that, that gift at the house at grandfather's house? I said, yeah, it was a piece of paper. She's like, son, we're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for you. You need to be redeemed. Because sometimes we accept something. And we want something else. See, these people that were in the crowd, they accepted Jesus. They were waving the palm branches. They were laying down their coats on the ground. They were, they were accepting Jesus because they wanted Jesus to be something he wasn't. They were all about, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Come on, Jesus, let's get you. Come on. You're going to take over the world. You're going to rule. You're going to knock the empire down, and you're going to be the king. Yes, come. We need you right now. We need you right now. We need you right now. They were so willing to accept Jesus right then. See, I, I put myself in those people's shoes that I'm oftentimes willing to accept Jesus right now when I need him. Hmm. When I'm in need of him. I, this is when I, Jesus, come on, I need you now. Jesus, I, I really messed up this time, I need you now. 
Jesus, I'm really low right now. I need you right now. Jesus, I need you right now. Jesus, I need you right now. And then he comes, and then we're like, we don't need you anymore. We're good. Thanks. And we give him a thumbs up. This is, this is the conditions of us. Can we just be honest for a second? This is the conditions of these people. Don't get mad at these people for putting Jesus on the cross. We do it every day. I do it every day. When I'm not living in his presence and I'm living in sin, I'm putting him back up there and I'm saying, yo, I, I don't need you right now. I want something different right now. I want this right now. I want to touch this. This feels a lot better, Jesus. I want to taste this. This tastes a lot better than you, Jesus. This is the people in this story. These are who they are. They would lay their cloaks down. They would lay even, that was their identity. They would lay it down at his feet in that moment. Like, yeah, take my identity. We sing those songs. Lord, take me. Use me. Have your way in me. And then we walk out of the church. And he uses you. And you're like, you used me, God. God, I want faith. I want, I want to, 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 to see mountains moved. And he moves mountains. And you're like, why you, did you use me that way? I don't want to be used. I don't want to be taken a bit. No. Because you want God to give you a quick fix. These people wanted a quick fix. They wanted a fix of what was going on. And Jesus, on the other side, said, hey, I'm going to accept you all. I'm going to love you all. I'm coming to this town because not only do I want to give you a fix, a quick fix, I want to give you an eternal fix here and now. I've come to settle the score right now. He said, I'm not coming just to give you all this quick fix to, to rule in this empire the way that you want me to. I'm coming to rule the way my heavenly father has called me to rule. I'm coming to a cross. I'm coming to a cross. Do you guys understand that this Palm Sunday, Jesus shows up different than the people wanted him to, and he shows up and he accepts them, even though he knows. You know what's awesome? He knew where he was going, right? He knew that those people were going to turn on him in a second. Days later, those same people rejoicing and praising. They'd be spitting and screaming. This is us. This is the condition of us as humans. If we aren't before God and in his presence day in and day out saying, Jesus, you accepted me. You put my shame and guilt and sin on that cross. I need you now, Jesus. And I need you forever, Jesus. I want you to love me I want to love you. I want to serve you. I want to be with you. This is what gives us a different picture of Jesus. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're going to do, if you call upon the name of Jesus, he will save. Amen? Jesus accepted different. Third thing is this, and the band's going to come. I hope this is encouraging. I hope this is inspiring you to say, you know what, I see Jesus the way that I need to see him this morning. That he doesn't operate in the manners that I think he operates. He doesn't operate the way that my mind tells me that he operates. He operates in a supernatural way that I can't even put my brain to. And I'm thankful for that. Thankful that he's a God of humility, that he's a God of love. And I'm thankful that Jesus acted differently. Third thing is this, he acted differently. Jesus showed up and he responded to his mission differently. See, I, I don't know too many rulers and kings and people. I don't know any of you that would say, yeah, you know what? I'll go up that hill. On Friday, yeah, you know what? I know what's coming for me. I'll, uh, I'll put that, 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 that cross on my back and I'll put that crown of thorns on my head. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that for everybody, for mankind. Because I'm just, that's just the kind of guy I am. I'm a giver. I don't know about you and I know that that would not be me. 
And I know that no ruler or authority of that time or ever would do that for anybody. But Jesus, see, this is the picture of Jesus. This is the essence of Jesus. Jesus responded differently. Jesus shows up to the city, and it says in verse 42, it says, 41, sorry, it says when he arrives to the city, when he sees the city, when he, when he knows that the city's in sight, it says that Jesus wept over the city. Hmm. You ever read that? I, I read that before, and I think that Jesus is weeping because he knows that he's going to a cross. Uh-uh. Jesus isn't weeping because he's afraid to go to a cross for you. Jesus is weeping over a city, a city that was known to everyone, a mighty city, a great city. He is weeping over his people because he knows they need a savior and they are lost. And he weeps. See, you know what's awesome about Jesus? And I'm closing with this. I'm thankful that I, I know the picture of Jesus. I know that I serve a God in heaven that weeps over my life. That when I'm in my lows of lows, when I'm caught in sin, when I'm caught in, 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 in whatever is entrapping me, when I'm caught, that Jesus is weeping over me. He's crying out for me. He's saying, Jay, come back. Come home. Don't leave that. Come on. I got more for you. I got more for you. See, I, I see Jesus in this picture of him weeping over his people because he's so in love with his people. That he's like, if they only knew who I was, if they only knew what I could give for them, if they only, he says there was peace in that, they could have had all the peace in the world. That Yeah, prophecy was they needed the cross. But he's weeping because he's like, my children don't even know me and I'm here in the flesh right now. People aren't even accepting me now. All I want to do is love them. <laughs> do you know that? That's the picture of Jesus. That the way that he acts is in love. It's in love, the purest love. That love brings me to my knees. That love that heaven poured out that moment, that day, that week, day in and day out today, that brings me to my knees. Jesus doesn't sit up in heaven today pointing the finger, condemning, just saying, man, look at those people. How dare they? Ah. He's up there saying, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what, the, Father, uh, come on, they're mine. Come on. I love them. I'm, I'm weeping over them. I, I want to bring them back. Come on, come on. Come on, let's get, let me, let, come on. This is how I know Jesus to be. I don't know about you, but I want to serve that Jesus. Some of you are like, I don't know, maybe. And that's fine. The Jesus that I love and the Jesus that I know, he acted different. He came into a city. He came on a mission, unlike anybody else had seen before, and in any way that anybody else would operate and act. And he responded differently to the people. He was filled with love, and then he acts differently. He weeps. See, if I'm Jesus, I'm going in that town, and I'm going, y'all, stop praising me. Y'all going to kill me. Jesus knew. And he said, all right. I'm still going to come. I'm still going to come. Because that's the love of God. That's the love of Jesus. Some of you all need a deeper picture and a better picture and an expectation of faith to know that Jesus loves you. And he came to earth not to just do miracles and signs and wonders. He came to earth to ride on a colt into a town to go to a cross for you.
and for me. I don't know about you, I'm thankful for that. Anybody thankful in this room this morning? This is, a, this is an awesome reminder because this is what sets you alive. This is what sets me on fire. Knowing that I got a God in heaven that loves me, that went to a cross for me. Yo, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whoever you want me to reach, I'll reach. Whoever you want me to love, I'll love because you love me more than anybody. I receive it this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for acting differently than anybody else in this world. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes this morning? With every head bowed, with every eye closed, I just want you to take a moment. I want you to ask God to reveal himself to you in a deeper way. To give you a picture of his love and his grace for you more than ever before. That he would show himself to you this morning. How much he loves you. How much he cares for you. No matter what you're in right now, no matter what you're caught up in. His love is captivating. I pray this morning that he is revealing himself to you. He's taking you to the deep places, the deep, deep places that he has for you. So Jesus, this morning, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, pray by your powerful spirit that we would get the clear, the right picture of you, Jesus. That we would see the way you act and the way you move and your character and your truth and your love ultimately, Jesus. That we would remember this morning on this Palm Sunday morning that you came to earth on a mission for me, for us. You came different than what anybody wanted, what anybody expected. You came in a way that was beautiful. And so Jesus, this morning I pray for each and every person in this room. At the sound of my voice, I pray that they would have a deep, revelation of your love this morning, that your love would captivate their heart, that their lo your love would, would, would captivate their mind, that their, your love would captivate their spirit, that, that they would align themselves with you, oh God, that they would give themselves over to you, God, that they would know that you are for them and not against them, that you love them and that you know them by name and that you've called them your child. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's some people in this room this morning, I believe this, we don't do this always, but some of you need to just allow that love to invade your heart this morning. You, you, you're hearing the knocking, you're hearing the, the call, it's, it's calling you. It's a love that is pure, that will never fail you. And this morning we're going to give an opportunity for those that are in this room, that, that need to come home, that need to come back to God's presence, to be a son and a daughter, to, to be forgiven of the sin. We're going to give that chance this morning. And maybe you've known Jesus and you've known this story, but... This morning, you need a deeper revelation of God's love, and you want more of Jesus. On the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up, and we're going to pray together in faith, believing that today you are brand new, that what that cross did, it's paid for you this morning. So on the count of three, I just want you to slip your hands up. No one's looking around. No one cares, and we're going to celebrate. It says heaven throws a party when the one comes home. So on the count of three, one, he loves you. Two, he died for you. Three, he wants to forgive your sins and spend eternity with you. If you're in the room, slip your hands up. No one sees you. No one's looking around. Amen. I see him. I see him. Anybody else? I see him. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Front to back, I see him. Amen. Amen. As a church, will we pray this prayer together? Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. I need you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. I receive it this morning. Thank you for making me brand new. I am yours, and you are mine. 
and I will follow you all the days of my life. Give me your Holy Spirit this morning, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every hand that was lifted this morning. God, we praise you and we thank you and we know that heaven is rejoicing for those that have come back. God, I pray that we would know you more, that we would dive into your presence more, that we would see the clear picture of you, God, that we would understand that you have love for us, endless love, God, and that when we call upon the name of Jesus, nothing can stand against it. Nothing can stand in your way, God. So we thank you, we praise you, we bless you. Come on, church, if you believe it this morning, would you stand to your feet this morning as we sing out.